Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You have offended this podcast and you have offended the entire movie making community. Ryan! Jake never came out. And welcome back to You Have Offended This Podcast. We watch martial arts movies. My name is Mike McCarran. With me, as always, is the man who always, with his art drawings, draws a dragon with his naked ladies, Chad Lindsay. How you doing, man? Hey. Oh, I am fantastic because I'm really excited. Like, revisiting this film was was a great idea. So thank you for choosing this one. Oh, this film is dope. I was I was well, really looking forward to the rewatch, and it it did not disappoint. No, this didn't disappoint. It aged well, and I remember uh, you were the one that introduced me to this film in the first place because you had rented it, you watched it, and you called me and you were like, "Hey, man, I just finished watching Rapid Fire. Uh, I don't have to bring it back till tomorrow, so come on over because I want to watch it again." So <laughs> I, yeah, I went over to your place the the day where you you know the days you had to return movies. And, yeah. uh, and I watched it with you like immediately after you watched it and, uh, you and I, I remember you and I both really, really loving a lot of aspects about this film, not just the fighting and the martial arts, but we, we both really enjoyed this film. Yeah, man, this is a dope movie. The same kind of team, the stunt team that gets put together, which we'll get into in a little bit, but it's the same kind of crew that does really solid work in all of their films. So I'm really, uh, I'm really psyched about this one. Before we get into it, please remember to like and subscribe on whatever platform that you're on. Please leave us a review on iTunes if you can. Well, again, we're on Spotify and Stitcher and iTunes and wherever you want to get them. You can follow our social media on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. We always have those places there for you to leave suggestions for movies that you like. If you like one, put it there. And uh, we're starting a big list of movies, so... Once we do the movie that you like, I'll have the list of all the people that requested that one, and we'll give you a shout-out on the show. So keep that in mind. And uh, with that one, let's get into this, man. This is Wicked. Rapid Fire, 1992. Yeah. This was filmed in Thailand, LA, and Chicago. Uh, had a budget of $10 million. On the box office, it brought in 14.3. So it's not a stellar success or anything, but good enough. Came out on video in 93, which is, I believe, when you and I watched it. And obviously stars Brandon Lee Powers Booth and Nick Mancuso. Nick Mancuso. Mancuso. I like that. We need to hire somebody that does a lot of racist lines. Nick, can you handle that? (laughs) He, I'll tell you, man, like, not to be wokey McWokerston, but like, watching this movie, it catches you fucking off guard. (laughs) Racist Mancuso. Serrano is, holy shit. (laughs) Well, I remember the one line because I haven't seen this movie in years, right? And when yeah, he talks, me. he talks about that kid, some blank kid just yep. saw me. And I was like, man, remember that one racist line in this film? Well, let's play it back. And I'm like, oh, no, there is, there is far more than one. I just, is- I just happen to remember one. <laughs> there is a plethora of racist lines in this movie. Oh my god. Yeah, he does not slack off. The writers in this film were going for it with this Italian. And even with the Italian stuff, 
Like he's mm. Italian. All the Italian stereotypes are hit, like, and then some. Oh yes, <laughs> with him. Holy shit! And it's funny coming off our last one, you know, the last dragon, <laughs> how we were talking about how they they flipped the stereotypes on their head, and this yeah. one, this one goes back to it. This one's just like, hey man, we're gonna return <laughs> to the old school racist stereotypes. Oh yeah, this was the the Italians in Black Belt Jones. This is like. Yeah, <laughs> right there. Exactly. We're eating. We're staying. The catchphrases. We're biting our hands. We're doing all the shit. <laughs> exactly. It was. It was shockingly like whoa. But <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, I, I hear you. Okay, so again, I broke this into five five little chunks here. So the opening, the opening little part, section here is we get the opening credits, obviously, and then we have a cut to Thailand where Serrano and Kinmen Tommy Chow. Kinmin, Tommy, Tao, uh, meet and have a bit of a falling out. And then we cut back and Jake is introduced, uh, where a Chinese uh, student activist tries to recruit him to the cause of Tiananmen Square activism, but Jake is not interested. And then a model uh, tricks Jake into going to the activist's fundraiser anyway, where Jake sees Serrano kill one of Kinmin's uh, sort of lower level bosses. And this sets off the whole plot. So the opening credits kind of a throwback to Bruce Lee's fists of fury with the blurred hands where he's fighting the, the dude, the last, the last bodyguard. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so cool that we did Bruce Lee and then we did the last dragon. And then we did this one because all of those films do that blur. Yeah. Well, the blur of course from Chinese connection, but you, you, you get, you get my drift here, how it just kind of goes through because Bruce Leroy does the, the moving arms. And then I thought the opening scene was, was really cool. It was well lit and uh, I like the sound. I like the audio with it. And, and Brandon looks good. Brandon does look good. His moves are cool. The blur looks neat. I liked it. And then the cut to Thailand is kind of cool where they, where they have Serrano showing up at, at Tommy's, the, the heroin distribution center, effectively the heroin harvesting center. And they have obviously known each other for a long time and sort of came up together. And Tommy is now in Thailand and organizing the whole running of the heroin to the United States. And Serrano is upset here because he's not getting his crew's going to jail and stuff. And he's, his end is sort of falling apart. And he now wants a piece of Tommy's end. And Tommy is having none of that shit. No. And but the, the one fight scene I, here is dope. Yeah. But before we talk about the fight scene, the one thing that I wanted to, when I watch this and they're actually in Thailand and they're there, that's one of the things that I really appreciate about those old school movies. And I, yep. I, I know I sound old by saying old school talking about this, you know, yeah, film from 92, both. <laughs> but, but in, in, there was a time where everything was very structured and they're actually in Thailand on a set. And then later they're on a boat. Like that's one of the things that, you know, films that are in that, you know, past 20 years old, you know, that pre 2000s time, they really took a lot of care and, and, you know, went to various locations. And I, I appreciated that immediately because I did forget about this part. Yeah. I remembered this first, this first fight scene because I remember really liking it, but I forgot that when I looked up the film locations and it said, you know, Thailand and LA, and then the the bulk of it is in Chicago. The, the Thailand scene is like, it, what is it? Five minutes? It, it might be mm. five, six minutes when they're there. So they literally flew these actors to Thailand <laughs> for like six minutes of film, which is why the budget got jacked up to 10 mil. I'm sure like a, yeah, a big part of it is that they actually put out the effort to go there and, and do this stuff. 
and and kudos here also in the acting to to Mancuso and to uh Taima who plays Tommy uh, Kinmin Tommy Tao. Mm. They're really good. Like I I know it's it's the writing that that Mancuso has to deal with with respect to the the racist stuff that he has to say and stuff, but he does it well. Yeah, he does it well and he also looks very uncomfortable in the heat because he's wearing that big Italian suit. Yeah. You know, you could see he's sweating cuz he's hot. <laughs> cuz he's, he's literally wearing wearing a full suit and it, you know, it's 92 so it's still got the shoulder pads in it. So he's yep. he's obviously uncomfortably warm in that scene and uh, Oh yeah. And and it's it's done well. And the stick fighting scene is really cool because that's kind of how he lets Mancuso know exactly who he is and what he's dealing yeah. with without words. Yeah. And when you watch the two stunt guys that are fighting initially when they're watching, come, let's watch the fights. And they go watch these two dudes fight. These dudes are throwing down. Like they are hitting each other with sticks. Oh, yeah. The two guys that are actually fighting beforehand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, like I was specifically watching this time for the fighting because I remember last time when it was, you know, it was, gee, it's got to be 25 years since I've watched this movie. Yeah. But I watched it again and was specifically like watching for quality in the fights. And these guys are hitting the sticks like they're really throwing. Yeah. And it looks it looks great. And when Tommy gets up and points to the two of them, it's a good fight scene. It's really well choreographed where he laces the stick, the, the bow staff between that one dude's arms and flicks his staff away and then whacks yeah. him. And then does that setup where he has the stick behind his his uh, arms and then spins around and hits him in the face and ends up with his arm out facing Serrano. Yeah, it's and awesome. then when dude when dude goes to fall and he actually catches him and holds him up for a second before yeah. he takes him down. Like yeah, it was it was executed really well. And again, I, th- I think it's more of the older films where everything they do has to serve the story, and that that serves the story well because he just walks up to Mancuso, gives him a big stare. And then, you know, Serrano just, you know, spits on the ground. And uh, yeah, yes, good, good way to start it off. Good way to blow a bunch of money going to Thailand to film that for the five minutes. So I appreciated, uh, I appreciated the extra effort that they put in. Yeah. And it was a nice, a nice uh, tie in with the Sicilian proverb when he holds the stick out. What the hell did he just say? It's a Sicilian proverb. It means don't ask for what you can't take. It was cool. And there's a good payoff with that stick fighting in the end. So I thought it was a really excellent scene. And then we cut back now after this to, to LA, to, to, to Los Angeles, where Jake is driving in on his pretty cool motorbike and looks all wicked driving up there. And he sees the Tiananmen Square rally. And he has sort of a bit of a, a flashback to his dad. So you get this sense that he was in Tiananmen Square and something terrible happened with his dad. And the Chinese student tries to sort of get him to say something. And Jake just wants no part of it at all and kind of blows him off. And then you end up cutting to the the uh, the art class where Jake is in there in the life studies class. And he's drawing the the model. A, a good little uh, good little cameo here from Richard Schiff. Used to yeah, be on the I, West Wing. I totally forgot he was in this until I saw I it. And I was like, hey, no clue. Yeah, that's Toby from the West Wing. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was great. But you know, Brandon Lee, soon as he arrives on screen, he really has an incredible presence. Like he's a good actor. He's good looking. You know, he uh, he's got a lot of charisma and really good way to start this film off. 
Yeah. That was the one thing that people who reviewed this movie really said. People who aren't martial arts movie fans, who are just like movie critics, flat and straight. You know, one of them really stood out. Roger Ebert. I read his review from back in the day. Roger Ebert gave this movie one and a half stars out of five. He didn't like it. He did say Brandon Lee had that charisma, had that thing that movie stars do. And that was good. But, he, you know, he shit all over the plot and the this and the that. And I was like, <sighs> and it got me thinking because I think martial arts movie fans, martial mm. arts movies, if you like them, it's a lot like porn. <laughs> because okay where are you gonna you're, go with this <laughs> because you're because you're watching it for a specific purpose and you watch a martial arts movie for really good fight scenes and i don't really need the plot to tie together which we will get into later with this movie i don't need it to tie together i just need a reason for these two dudes or these people to hate each other and want to fight and it has to be vaguely plausible and if the fight scenes are awesome and that plot goes through okay, in some semblance of a way, I'm a happy dude. Yeah, and I think that I think that what we talk about a lot in these these episodes of these podcasts is, you know, we talk about the tone and we talk about what they were going for. And sometimes it's goofy, sometimes it's serious, sometimes it's an action movie, but we're always going there for the for the main reason of watching some good martial arts. And exactly. And this film has a lot of really cool things that I really, really loved as far as the fighting and the fight choreography. And, you know, it tied itself into something that was very big at the time, the Tiananmen Square. And it's just basically a launching pad to get him to, to, to get him into the action. And I, and I think it's decent. I think it's decent, too. I, I really like it. And so anyway, we get this art class where Jake is drawing the person, drawing, drawing the girl. He did... You know, the, Richard Schiff is like, come on, Jake, just draw what you, you can sense the frustration in him because every art class I'm sure has that one jag off that, you know, wants to draw her essence or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's that, he's that guy. It's like, just yeah. draw the fucking girl, please. Will you? Just... <laughs> so, and actually when she, when the class ends and she comes over and she's like, can I see what you draw? And he was like, yeah, sure. Did you catch the little quick? There's a little quick continuity error here where she comes around and she looks at it and she's like, wow. And they show the picture of her with the dragon behind her. And then she's like, is that me? And it shows cuts to Jake. And he goes, no, no, you're the dragon. (laughs) And then it shows the picture again. The first time they show it, the dragon is just a dragon plane, not finished with no scales. And when they cut back, the dragon has scales all over it. (laughs) Wow. Within a a second, it's like a fully finished drawing. (laughs) Wow. You're really fast. Yeah, wow, that was fun. That reminds me of that. Remember that Simpsons episode where Homer was playing the dog and he goes, does this go out live? And the guy goes, no, no Homer, no. very few cartoons go out live. It's a terrible strain on the animator's wrists. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, so she uh, thinks he's hot or whatever and asks him for a date and they end up going out later that night. So Jake goes into this industrial area of town and meets up with this model girl and they take him in and it's a trick because she's a friend of the guy who was organizing the rally and got him to come into this Tiananmen Square rally. Now, very quickly before this happens, we get a very quick little cut scene. I was just going to ask you to go back to that cut scene because I remember in 92 when we watched it, you and I laughed our asses off at this. So (laughs) go ahead. (laughs) Where Tommy, Kinman Tommy Tao goes back to LA and meets up, meets up with his, uh, his underboss there 
who is uh, Chang and is telling him to be careful because Serrano's kind of a little bit desperate and might freak out. But he but he shows him, he gives him, I have a gift for you. And he pulls out this knife and uh, he's, oh, wow, Tommy, what uh, that's awesome. And he goes, fifth century Mongolian. He goes, oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But he's like, but his accent changes from this scene to the next. Because he's like oh, yeah. fifth century Mongolian. He's like, oh, I know. Ah, Tommy, geez, this is beautiful. And he's got like an Italian accent. And then in the next scene, which is again his last scene, he's got yeah. a British accent. And he's just like, <laughs> and I remember we were kids watching this and we're like, what the fuck is it? Is that the same guy? What just because- happened? <laughs> He looks like the same guy, but he was just a minute ago. He was like, oh, Tommy, oh. gee, this is beautiful. Oh, yeah. Hey, don't worry about nothing, Tommy. And you know, the next scene, he's just like, oh, hello, Jake. I, I'm i a philanthropist. and uh, <laughs> Refreshments are upstairs. Like, yeah, refreshments upstairs. Nice to meet you, Mr. Lowe. And I was like, why, why the incredible change of accents? Pretty hard right on the accent there. <laughs> so, yeah, they get there and... Uh, Jake is, oh, there's a funny scene where she's like, come on, stay for a drink. The, the hot model, come on, stay for a drink. You might you might uh, find something you like. And she has this little sexy, wispy walk away like, oh, all right. <laughs> Fair enough. So Jake goes off with her and Chang ends up going upstairs. And we get the realization that, holy shit, Serrano has broken in with two or three of his goons. And he's there to take over Chang's end of the business. And you get that hilarious line where... Chang walks into his office and Serrano's sitting there with the gun and he goes, We came down the chimney. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Nick Mancuso does a fantastic job at, at playing like the this crazy, crazy guy. And I do want to say too, that one of the things that I noticed is the set of this place. I think it was, it looks like it was a, just a giant warehouse that yeah. they built into this, you know, super modern type uh, penthouse building, but it looks really good. Like it's just kind of put together for this it's art gallery slash house slash office slash, you know, big generic space, but it, it, yeah. it looks good. And, and it's I think it's just like, a <laughs> it's Pomo, <laughs> a big Pomo space. But yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So then uh, Serrano wants to take over and obviously Chang doesn't want that. And he ends up throwing the fifth century Mongolian knife at Serrano, but misses. And then Serrano ends up shooting him after making a super racist comment to Chang. Do you remember that? Where, his, where he's his, like, his, Give me, his, that's his a good boy. Oh, so sad. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> like, I know. Jesus fuck dude <laughs> yeah he does that shitty chinese fucking mocking voice like he's just such a dick yeah yeah he so makes, he yeah he makes travis uh travis brickley look like <laughs> a right look like a great dude so he ends up shooting chang and busting him through the window which is where jake sees him and then all fucking hell breaks loose because serrano shoots at jake and misses and then all the guys break out and it ends up with this giant gunfight of Chang's security guys fighting with Serrano and his security guys. And this is where we get our very first fight scene with Jake. So Jake is trying to save the model and she's reaching towards him in this really dramatic graphic upper weird handed way. And uh, so the first thing you see Jake do here is one of the Serrano's guys is coming down the stairs and he does that cool yeah. kick through the balusters. 
Yeah, right through them. I I loved that. I thought that was really really great. Really, it was really awesome. Great. Kicks that dude through, and then he does that cool like like kick punch, like real quick low kick upper punch, really fast work, and then he beats the shit out of this dude. There's a continuity error here that I caught on my fourth watch that I had to go back and check because he takes this dude and kicks him and punches him and then throws him into the picture uh, in the wall at the top of the stairs. And then he sort of wheel kicks him down the stairs. And as he wheel kicks him down the stairs, the bodyguard for Serrano, uh, the guy played by Tony Longo Brunner, the, the big, big, big dude. Mm. He's coming up the stairs. Jake wheel kicks the guy he's fighting and he ends up flying like into Brunner and down this. They both tumble down the stairs together. So they're at the bottom of the stairs. Jake turns around. Older guy with the gun comes up behind him. This is where Jake does that cool slide under the table and kicks the table up uh, at him. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Fucking dope. Kicks that up, sweeps his legs, does the elbow pop so his gun flies up in the air. And he catches it. And he catches the gun. And then, so this is that fight with the old guy with the table took. I'm going to say three seconds, four seconds. All of a sudden, Brunner, who has just fallen down the stairs, is now up and on the other side of the warehouse shooting down at Jake. <laughs> because they show yeah. him shooting down at Jake and Jake looks up and shoots at him. Like, how the fuck did he get up there? Like, he was just at the bottom of the stairs with a guy on him. <laughs> what the fuck? We're watching Black Dynamite again, and the guy got thrown out the window, and he's back in the room. <laughs> and he's back in the room. <laughs> Threw that shit before I walked in the room. But, you know, we talked about the balusters. We talked about the uh, table. That's the one thing that I really, really liked about this film is is Brandon Lee. I mean, it's I, I'm not even going to make the comparison it's it's impossible not to make the yeah. comparison to his dad. Um, yeah. But he does such a great uh, job in this particular film at utilizing the environment. And those are two examples. He kicks through the baluster and then, he, you know, he slides under the table and kicks it up. I yep. really like the style of the choreography in this film. It's really, it's, really great. Yeah, it's awesome. Be between the, the fight choreography for this film was done by Brandon Lee and Jeff Imada who we talked about before he was the, the guy from big trouble in little yeah. China. Um, he's done the choreography for a million. So he was the fight choreographer with Brandon Lee for this. These two guys got together. But when you look through this, the big trouble in little China team is here, right? Yes. Al Leong is here. Uh, Okamoto is here. Uh, James Liu is here. Uh, there's a really good cameo here from Kenny Endoso where he's shooting. He's one of the bad guys. Like there's all these guys. It's the same crew that did the awesome work in big trouble are back they're all doing this it's just they just have brandon lee to throw around here too yeah and i think that they did a choreography that really plays to brandon lee's uh, strengths um yes. as a martial artist and he pulls it off makes it look really good and makes it look really believable and you know brandon lee being a big 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 fan of jackie chan's you know you can see a little bit of that influence in well you can see a lot of different influences um throughout this film a lot of homages uh, as this film goes on. Yeah, a hundred percent. Absolutely. So yeah, we get the, uh, the fight scene with him. We get the cool fight scene when he's upstairs on the, the little walkway, the little pedway thing where he's fighting that one dude. And then the guy catches his leg and he jumps up and round kicks him and they both fall. Yes. Awesome. Very, very cool. And then Jake ends up running out and getting on his motorbike. But now the cops are of course there, uh, because there's a giant gunfight in the middle of town. 
so he rides his motorbike back up into Chang's place, gets that dude, runs that dude over on the handlebars and drives through that glass yeah, fucking drives, cabinet thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with no eye guard, no helmet, glass fucking flying everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Safety be damned. I, be I, I damned. It was, yeah, it was good. It was done really, really well. And then yeah. he's arrested. And and one of the things that we didn't mention is uh, I love Brandon Lee's kind of like fuck off attitude throughout this entire film. Like he's a yes. good actor, but he's he just he just kind of blows people off. And he and he kind of blows the cops off when they when they bring him in to interrogate him. And then one of the oh, cops puts his hand on the table and Brandon Lee grabs his wrist and slams Very his much. arm down on the table. I was just like, yeah, like I love the everything dragon. about yeah, I love everything about Jake Lowe. Like he Jake is, Lowe's dope. Yeah, he's awesome. He, he's dope they they did a really great character here and the cops are all you know hey we're gonna protect you and he's like hey fuck you i don't believe you why don't you take a leap off fuck off mountain yeah Yeah. so we're into the we're into the second chunk here now the second chunk is jake is arrested like you said he's put into fbi quote-unquote protection in chicago they take him because he had can now identify serrano who hasn't shot anybody in a million years and they want to get him so they go into protection the FBI agents are bought off and they try to kill Jake, but he escapes and he ends up meeting again Withers in Chicago. The FBI head, the guy named Stewart, Agent Stewart, is, we find out, with the mob. And then a Chicago cop named Mace Ryan saves Jake from an assassination attempt with Stewart. And they escape to the cop's headquarters where he is reintroduced to Carla who punches him in the guts. So, yeah, like you said, Jake is arrested. He goes into the FBI interrogation room there and he draws, he draws uh, Serrano. Mm. This is where we're introduced to uh, Agent Stewart, Raymond Barry, great actor, plays this really well. He does play it really, really well. And he plays it so straight, whereas I don't know if Powers Booth was playing it straight or he was drunk or like you know doing <laughs> powers booth prank. is fucking awesome in this movie he, he, he is amazing in this he's a like, shit i am gonna shit all over him because he's so <laughs> he's he's so over the top yeah and he's great like yeah he's almost like he's almost like i would just like to watch a, a show about powers booth as ryan uh just chain smoking and looking directly in the camera talking about <laughs> all of his problems yeah and then you wake yeah. up and you're yeah, if you plan on having a baby, you might as well go buy yourself a hammer and start smashing all the fucking trim work in your house. That's the only way you're going to get some satisfaction out of it because those little bastards are going to do it for you. And you're just like, okay, right? Ryan. Jesus, Ryan, relax. relax. Yeah, I want he's... a 2007 real world episode with Mace Ryan just looking at the camera telling you life advice. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck kids, exactly. don't have kids. What are you doing? God damn it, What's listen to me. Look at me. God Look right here. <laughs> He's fucking, he's, he's the shit. And you're he right though. So in, in contrast to him, you have Raymond Berry playing Stuart as this kind of mincing little guy who just wants to get by and make some money. And he's willing to do whatever he can to do that. He's great. He, he underplays it well, but he's, he's really good. So yeah, we're in Chicago now. They take him to Chicago where he's going to ostensibly testify against Serrano and they put him in the safe house with uh, three agents and you like you mentioned he's got that fuck off attitude so when they show up and the cop they just walks in he's like well the flight sucked i gotta spend time with you guys so all right fuck it yeah <laughs> yeah even the when cop, even the cops are dicks <laughs> yeah the cops are total dicks yeah the cop <laughs> throws out some fucking racist shit too 
What are you doing, Jake? I'm hungry. We could send out for Chinese if you like. <laughs> Eight hours alone with you guys? Can I stand the excitement? It's like, you assholes. <laughs> you guys are fucking douchebags. <laughs> well, to be, uh, you know, two of the three of them are murderers. So, yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. You could be a murderer, but watch those racial slurs. But, yeah. He, he's a piece of shit. But even back at the police station when uh, Stewart offers Brandon Lee a cigarette and he's just he's just staring at him and he just puts his hand up and waves, waves it slightly yeah. to the side. He's He's very, very good. He's such a good actor. He is. And I think. You know, I, Brandon Lee initially didn't even want to do martial arts movies. Like when he was getting into act, he wanted to be just, he wanted to be an actor. And mm. I remember uh, watching this thing, Jeff, I think it was Jeff Imada who said, uh, Brandon Lee came onto set at one point to, to see Jeff and Brandon said like, what movie are you doing? And Jeff was, I think it was the, the David Carradine movie of Kung Fu. Oh, that was, I remember seeing that on TV. That was called uh, Story Kung Fu, continues, the Legend Continues. Legend yeah, the continues, Legend Continues. Yeah. yeah, Brandon Lee shows up and he's supposed to be David Carradine's son, I think. Dude, I watched this yeah. on TV in like the 80s. So, but yeah. I loved it. And there's this badass moment where David Carradine throws, uh, where Brandon Lee's throwing uh, uh, shurikens at him and David Carradine blocks one with his hand. Oh, yep. and it digs into the back of his hand. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm going off, but yeah, I, no, I remember that. I remember that made-for-TV movie, and I remember loving it, and I remember not knowing that it was Brandon Lee when I watched it in high school. Yeah, and he wasn't even supposed to be in that. And Jeff Imada, I, I'm, I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure it was Jeff Imada or one of his buddies. And he was like, "What are you doing?" And Imada was like, "It's a, it's a martial arts movie, dude. You wouldn't want to be involved in it." Cause he knew Brandon didn't want to be in martial arts movies, but they convinced him and they were like, oh, okay, come on. And you can do this thing. And then he ended up being in it, which was, and they mentioned it was kind of poetic irony because that was the series that Bruce Lee lost to David Carradine initially, yeah. which sent him back to Hong Kong. So it was kind of nice to get Brandon in there. Cause kind of like, okay, fuck you. One of our family members is going to get in this anyway, which is kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. yeah. So this fight scene in the apartment is one of my favorites of all time. It's one yes. of my favorites ever so goddamn good because first of all jake's in there he knows he has to spend eight hours with these dick shits and he's in the kitchen he's got his shirt off which if i had a body like brandon lee i'd have my shirt off all the fucking time too and he's oh, yeah. eating pop tarts and then you see the one cop be like i'm gonna see if there's a game on and the other two cops when brandon says who else is shooting or who else is uh testifying, testifying. against serrano nobody nobody jake especially you and they shoot the one cop mm. and jake lee jake Lowe is like fuck me here we go and he's looking around and the two cops split up and he looks around and he's looking in the drawer and in the drawer, you see a, a, a drawer full of cutlery and B behind that is a fucking meat tenderizing hammer. Yeah. And he grabs the tray of cutlery, which I would not have grabbed. <laughs> I would have went for the yes. hammer. Yes. Nope. Steps around the corner, slagoosh, throws the fucking tray of cutlery, which how fucking much would that hurt to the face? Oh, it would, it would sting. It would stink. <laughs> he's doing so much in this. Like he's kicking the door. You know, he's kicking oh. the swinging door. He uh, throws the tray of cutlery. You know, he kicks the door again. Like he's he's working. He's he's working the environment in this. And I remember that was one of the things when you first saw the film. You told me about. It. And then he just runs in the closet and friggin' so does good. some sort of like monkey flip move and <laughs> climbs right up into the top. You know, like yep. he's up on the shelf. Oh man, it was awesome. 
It's so good. And when he, when he first of all goes in, throws the, the cutlery at the guy and the guy comes in and then he kicks the door for the other guy, breaks his nose. Mm. And then he gets the gun out of the first guy's hand and he does this cool, like shoulder roll smile. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah this, he does this yeah. little fucking attitude like I'm gonna fuck you up, and he knows it, <laughs> and he stuffs oh, the he guy's gets... kick. Oh, yeah, he stuffs the kick, but then he swings the freezer door open, hits the buddy in the face, which is fuck exactly yeah. what my brother did to me in the seventies. <laughs> I was chasing him, and he ran into the kitchen as he ran past the refrigerator. He just swung the freezer door open, hit me in the face. I fell to the floor, and a fucking frozen chicken pot pie fell out of the freezer landed on my goddamn neck so i was just like oh brandon knows the same moves as my brother knows the ryan lindsey trick (laughs) ryan lindsey freezer to the face yeah i i love this this apartment scene was was so good it was just well choreographed it happened really really quickly there was no real dead time no you know and and he moved around really really well and it was exciting to watch it was really exciting to watch and i loved 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 when he came out of the closet oh oh he swung down kicked the dude yeah he knocked it knocked the gun out of the guy's hand and he jumps on the bed to go get his gun and brandon kicks the fucking bed and his feet come out from under him yeah it's so fucking good like it's awesome it's it's really really well done one of my favorites because again you you see that we talked about that in the last episode how you know it's fun when they use the environment around them yeah and you know that's what jackie chan you know probably did better than anybody lives on yeah yeah and and this is uh i i I just really enjoyed it Mm. i didn't expect this uh, from the film the first time i watched it and no uh, really 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 liked it pleasant surprise yeah exactly very nicely surprised and then he ends up getting into the bathroom and closing the door trying to escape and he kicks the window and realizes holy shit there's bars there and the guy's shooting through the door so he reaches through gets the barbecue fork and when the guy comes in he stabs him and the look on brandon's face here yeah. when he stabs the guy yeah is really good like you can tell he didn't obviously want to kill a guy mm-hmm. but when it's him or you and that's the first guy he kills like fuck but then he yeah. immediately throws him away and kicks him out the fucking window yeah 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 now here's a part that i caught this particular time watching it was he kicks this fbi turncoat through the window and we see of course withers pull up outside and she's now down street level and when he kicks the guy through the window withers down below is like what but as he kicks him through the window, a goddamn train is going by. So how the fuck did she hear that? A floor up with a train going by. Yeah. <laughs> but she grabs her gun and he jumps out the window, flips down and she thinks she's got him. But then another cop pulls up. This was actually kind of good because the cop pulls up and is like, hey, drop your gun. And she's like, I'm a cop. Other cops like, I don't care. Drop your fucking gun. And then FBI guy comes around from the apartment mm. and says he killed two federal officers he's ours where Jake then kicks her gun up, grabs it and takes Withers hostage and says that FBI guy's trying to kill me. And then the, the one cop, the black cop outside is trying to calm the situation down and he's being cool. Jake throws Withers down and takes off and the FBI guy starts just blasting the fuck away. <laughs> and the yeah. other cop's like, whoa, 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 hold your fire. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is the matter with you? What the fuck is the matter with you? <laughs> and by the way, he's a terrible shot because you literally have a guy running in a straight line away from you and you can't hit the fucking guy. Come on. He's a shitty officer. So they he runs away and then Jake, because he has Agent Stewart's card, calls Agent Stewart 
and is like, what the shit, man? I just got my ass kicked and I had to run away from these assholes. And Stuart tries to calm him down and says that he's going to meet him and bring Jake back in and meet him at this light fucking phone booth, wherever in the middle of the night. And then we get the call to Serrano where Serrano's at his restaurant with a bunch of his goons. Yeah. This is where the gratuitous, uh, whole bunch of Italians just shoveling <laughs> pasta into their faces. That's right. I think I didn't notice any of this. And you know, I just kind of like, Oh, that's what Italians are like. You know, they just sit around with huge, huge, massive bowls of pasta with softball sized meatballs resting on top all the time. All the all, time. That's all they do. Every movie, every they're movie not, that we've reviewed not killing so somebody. far has had <laughs> right. that. They're shoving food in their face. See, just shoving food in their face and talking. Hey, boy. Right. Uh, you got to look on the bright side. All right. Uh, the guy we needed him out, he had a heart attack. <laughs> Tommy has us by the ball. Yeah, cut off his hands. <laughs> <laughs> so we get Bruner here answering the phone and talking to Stuart and basically Stuart saying, I've got him. I'm going to get him later. I'm going to get him to you. So this is where we see, oh, shit, Stuart's working with the mob. But we also see that Mace is outside with Ferris, and they're taping the conversation. And you get the line like, ah, God, too bad these wires aren't legit. But they're listening, and now they know that Stuart is working with the mob. Two things. Soon you say, uh, too bad these wires aren't legit. There is Mm -hmm. nothing that Ryan does that is legit. Everything no. he does is just as illegal as the mob. Like he is, he, <laughs> he does not Absolutely. follow one <laughs> protocol throughout this entire film. Like I, I didn't realize it at the time. Like, cause we, we were raised on those eighties movies where it was always like, you know, like the, the cop that's always like, you know, uh, chief, fuck off chief. I'm going to go blow up the gas station to stop the <laughs> yep. fucking $50. Uh, well, he didn't get, he didn't rob the till for $50, but I, uh, I murdered him and, and blew up the gas station. Right. Yeah. Ryan so does like when nothing when powers booth is going through here, he is the worst cop, right? Cause now, oh, yeah. now I'm older. I'm like, Oh my God, this, this guy is terrible, but it's hilarious <laughs> at how, not by the book he is. Oh, and we will get into that in depth in the next section because the next section where all of uh, all of uh, Mace Ryan's shit hits the fan hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really fucking hard. So they end up going to, Jake goes to meet Stuart here uh, after the whole mob thing. In the world's but- most suspicious alley. Like- <laughs> right? <laughs> He's looking around. It's dark. There's one light over Stuart. There's nothing else going on. Like what There's the generic fuck? steam coming out of like nine places. <laughs> Which would and never come huge... out anyway. Yeah. It's just <laughs> it's like, like steam coming out of everything. I'm like, what Give me fuck? central casting for suspicious alley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got it. And then they go up. But Mace, Mace shows up. And between Mace and Jake and Stuart, they have a bit of a standoff there. And then, holy shit, there's a sniper who everybody has terrible shooting here. This has like bad guy syndrome or I don't know what we're going to call this commando syndrome, maybe where only the good guys hit shit. All the bad guys are fucking stormtroopers. Yes. They can't hit anything. Yeah, every, everybody <laughs> you know I mean? misses. Yeah. Stormtrooper. That's a good one. Stormtrooper syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> everybody misses. Jake ends up killing two guys in this fight. He shoots the living shit out of that one guy with two guns. And he finally gets in the car. Mace has some really good lines here. 
What does he say? He drives up to Jake. You're a slow learner, kid. Get your ass in there. <laughs> yeah, so but, they get in. but doesn't Mace shoot a car with a shotgun and it explodes? Oh, oh, fuck yeah. So they drive out of the alley and they're driving away and they shoot the back window out and Mace's like, get your goddamn head down. So Jake puts his head down. They pull, they skid out onto the fucking main thoroughfare of the str- of the city and this bad guy car is reaming out behind them and Mace is just unfucking loading into the front windshield and then takes the shotgun out and shoots it and the whole goddamn back end of the car launches into the air. <laughs> yeah. And then they just gets in the car drives the fuck away like nothing ain't nothing you know, because the... mace ryan does not do fucking paperwork as a police <laughs> officer that that is you know I, I can just see i can just see brandon lee what's that uh i think that is somebody else's problem because <laughs> they just fucking leave it there Oh, he and drives he does away. not attempt he does not attempt to arrest Stuart. He does not nope. attempt to let the other police know that this is going on. Nope. Like, hey, fuck you all you guys, steamy, bye. You know that steamy fucking alley we never go down? Yeah. Well, there's snipers with laser scopes. There's a couple of dead bodies. I just shot a car till it exploded. Um, but he just fucks off and goes directly to a bar. Yeah. To his little, his little fucking hideout place. Hey, Jake, you having a bad day or what? <laughs> like, you just blew up a car, motherfucker. Holy shit. <laughs> You're the cause of it. Jesus. Yeah. What's with the fucking attitude, Jake? Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like 20 minutes ago, I was drawing titties and dragons. Next thing I know. <laughs> I'm in the middle of an international drug ring, and I think I'm doing pretty fucking good. I think I'm, I think I'm handling this pretty all right. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think another Jesus. fucking art student that would get this far. Yeah, most art students would be back there in that alley in a puddle of their own piss. Like, yeah. Fucking dead. Not even there. Most art students would be back at the apartment, dead in the kitchen yeah, with a bunch of fucking yeah. Pop-Tarts on his lap. Fuck yeah. off. Fuck off. Mark those Pop-Tarts down. He shit himself. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, fuck. And then we get back to the cop's little hideout, and we get a couple of goddamn cheesy lines here where Jake, Jake goes, I'm your only ticket out of here, kid. So what do you want, cop? How do I get off this ride? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Mace. Mace is like, hey, man, you can't leave here. All these cops are after you. The mob's after you. The police are going to try and kill you. You're a cop killer, Jake. And Jake goes, it was self-defense. And Mace, with his little fucking ghetto girl head shake, goes, oh, you think the first cop you see is going to give you time to explain that? <laughs> I know. It's so over the top. I fucking oh, it's so love it. so fucking good. Oh, it kills me every time I see it. Give me time to explain then, that. Yeah, but then they go right to Stuart's house, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Let's go talk to Stuart. They knock on the door. Stuart opens the door. Jake says hello and straight kicks him in the face and throws him into a china cabinet. He, like, literally, that's what like, dynamite got it because he pimp slapped him into the china cabinet. His oh, wife comes yeah. out. 
His wife comes out, and Stuart's just like, "Ah, hey, go to these men are gonna these men are just having a chat with me. Alice, get the fuck, get the fuck out of here!" And she leaves. Yeah. I'm oh, telling fuck. you. I'm telling you, my so wife good. has been in the military for 32 years, today. And if anybody came to the house, kicked me into the china cabinet, and I said to her, hey, I'm gonna just having a chat with these guys. Go fuck off into your back room. She'd be like, really? She would not. She would not. Would She'd be oh, like, first fuck. of all, I'm pissed at this guy for fucking up the china cabinet. I'm pissed off at you even more for telling me to mind my own business. That's right. Oh, okay. So we break into section three here where, as you said, Jake and Ryan go to Stuart's place because they know what's up. Uh, Mace gets him back on board on the good guy team with the, uh, the audio tape that he has. They set up a sting to sort of give Jake, if you will, to Serrano at the restaurant. This all goes horribly awry, <laughs> ends up in a huge fucking gunfight. But the cops, a.k.a. Jake, get Serrano. So this is where all of Ryan's bullshit really fucking falls apart for me. <laughs> Even though it's still an awesome movie because they handle it so fucking stupidly and cheesily and amazingly. Yes. Because <laughs> like you said, they go to they go to Stuart's place and Jake fucks Stuart up and uh we get the the very obvious throw line. The man wants to be arrested. I say arrest him. Jake, why don't you take those fists of fury of yours outside? You're making the poor man nervous. Good. This poor man. Yeah. Exactly. They uh, they kick him out, and then Mace plays the tape for Stuart, and uh, we go back, of course, now cut to the Italians, once again, eating at the restaurant. <laughs> Stuart, at this point, says he'll only talk to Serrano, so he says he'll give Jake to Serrano at the restaurant. So now they set up this whole sting thing here. We have a little scene here with Withers knowing about Jake. And she thinks he's kind of cute or whatever. And they, oh my God, they're going to get together. And we see, of course, the, the sort of ongoing joke that Mace Ryan really sucks at bowling and trying to hit that pin. And he can't fucking hit yeah. the pin. So the cops take Jake to Serrano's restaurant. And they're trying to set this shit up in like the little dugout car park or whatever the fuck across the street. And they set all this shit up and they put Jake with Stuart and they start to send him in. And they're like, Withers is like snipers, get in position. They should already be in position, number one, before he well, ever goes in the goddamn restaurant. Yeah, but there's nothing, like, they, Ryan should not be doing any of this. Jake is a civilian. <laughs> no, he's just like, no. he's just like sending, all right, you go in there, Jake, we're going to put all this together. Yeah, it's snipers, he's got... He's got a whole team because later in the scene, he's like, send in the second wave. That's what Ryan says. It's like, how many fucking men is responsible for? Yeah. Think about, think about this whole setup here. Mace Ryan is setting a sting up using a civilian art student under the care of a compromised FBI agent who he is blackmailing with tapes that are not legal to possess by him. Yes. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, nobody goes to jail but Ryan. Like because he is he is, <laughs> exactly. like, he is doing illegal wiretaps that would be thrown out of court, right? Yep. He is blackmailing a crooked FBI yeah, agent. FBI agent. <laughs> yeah, crooked FBI agent. He's he's shooting off his gun at the fucking bowling alley. Like in the middle has, of a city for no reason. <laughs> and when he shoots that bowling pin, 
there's a bunch of old people in the background that just that that just fuck off. They just walk over to the canteen. Like, <laughs> well, there uh, that's a police hangover. Right? Those are all cops. But the but the cops when he shoots the fucking bowling pin in the middle of a Chicago suburb are like, <laughs> yeah, uh, about time. <laughs> They're like laughing at it like it's a fucking joke yeah. that he discharged his firearm in the middle of the day. <laughs> In the middle of a public Fuck. place. Yeah. Ryan is. Oh my is God. The best. And he is the fucking absolute worst cop of all time. But you know, you root for him because you like him. You like the guy. So we get, we get, we get Serrano in the, in the restaurant here with his boys. We get Stuart bringing Jake inside and he gives it to him. But we see now, of course, that Serrano asks Stuart to do him this whatever favor thing uh, with respect to the heroin delivery, which is the information that Ryan wanted anyway out of Serrano. Once he gets that, he asks him to do him this favor for nothing and then is obviously suspicious of him and he fucks up the wire Mm -hmm. and Ryan and the team of cops across the street can't hear the code word of nice doing business with you. Nice doing business with you, Serrano. Nice doing business with you. (laughs) Well, as soon as, soon as he started, he said that, right? As soon as he started going, nice doing business with you. I just, I just kept uh, envisioning Dave Chappelle, abracadabra, right? (laughs) I kept thinking of Ferris Bueller's doorbell. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. uh, I can't come to the door right now. (laughs) Yeah. And then, then this kicks off this whole shootout of everybody in the restaurant where they're, they're trying to set them up. And do you know what's, what's funny is. Well, we'll talk about it in a second. Sorry, just skip. We'll we'll skip to where Jake is actually talking to Serrano. Yeah, this is insane because Serrano kills Stewart. And okay, here's the thing. Mace Ryan is across the street, right? And Stewart and Serrano are talking about the heroin delivery and Mace gets the information that he wants. You hear him go, yes, right? He gets what he wants. Then you can you can clearly hear that they're wrapping shit up. And then you lose comms and you hear Withers be like, oh, fuck, his microphone's out. Why the fuck don't you go in at that point? <laughs> yes. Yes. You've got yes. what you want. Go in. Like <laughs> yes. Your comms are down. You've got a civilian and a guy who's compromised in the fucking restaurant with a bunch of armed people. Go fucking get them. <laughs> but he doesn't. And this giant fucking shootout kicks off. And once the shootout kicks off, the Italian guys flip the painting up above their goddamn table and there's a fucking arsenal there in the middle of a restaurant that civilians go to all the time (laughs) goddamn chest full of weaponry (laughs) right there right fucking there what if a kid found it (laughs) right what if a fucking teenager going to the bathroom upstairs flips that shit up as a joke yeah it's just behind a painting yeah that wasn't locked in any serious manner like So they flip that up. They got a, a shooter across the street who's trained on Serrano, but he's a sniper. His gun's not resting on anything. He's holding it. You can see it moving around. Yes. Like he's not going to hit shit. He's not doing anything. So the whole gunfight kicks off. Everybody's shooting everything. We get a nice, actually little, little shot here of uh judo Gene LaBelle. If you saw him on yeah, the, uh, I did see that. the mounted cannon, their mounted yeah, machine gun. He's letting a lot of lead fly. Fuck yeah, he is. <laughs> like he, 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 
he must have dispatched like I don't know two, three, four hundred rounds. Like <laughs> no, way more than four hundred because that gun's going nonstop. I don't know where the fucking oh. ammo is coming from. But he is just he is just lacing. He he's not even shooting at people. He's just shooting the building. I'm just gonna generally shoot <laughs> the building across the street because I know there's cops in it. Yeah, he's just shooting out in the general vicinity of the cops and seeing what the shit he hits if he kills anything. It's reminiscent of that scene in uh in Predator. Oh, with the Remember? Uh, yeah, with the minigun. Where where Mac shoots the minigun into the forest and mows down yeah. like an acre and a half of jungle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he clears very much the jungle. Like, very much like that. He yeah. gets killed pretty quickly. <clears throat> mean Gene or Mean Gene. <clears throat> Excuse me, Judo Gene LaBelle. Gets you killed. See Gene Okerlund using that. I did. You know, I was going to say Mean Gene Okerlund, but he's a foot mean and a half Gene tall. Oakland. Can you imagine him? <laughs> We're in the I middle of a shootout. Really We're in the middle of a shootout right here. <laughs> Where is Hulk Hogan's twenty-four inch pythons? <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a good scene. I mean, that's the thing. Like, none of it makes any sense at all. No. Like, none of it makes any sense. No cops would act in this manner. But it's it's fun and an excite it's exciting and you know it sounds like we're really shitting on this amazing film but Powers Booth is the worst cop of all time he really is yeah he's uh, the the worst cop he's terrible but in his shittiness I love the guy I fucking love the guy yes yeah he's so funny so there's some good fights in here with Jake he he tries to get out the upstairs door but he can't there's a, a crazy scene here where Jake's trying to get out the door and it's locked. The sniper across the street zeroes in on the guy that's going to shoot Jake, mm. and he shoots the the gangster that's going to shoot Jake and kills him. But then he pans up just slightly before they cut away, and Serrano's right behind the guy. He could have shot Serrano. Yeah, and they 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 were saying that they didn't have a clean shot on him like several times when uh, he had Jake. Yeah, when he had Jake in his hands, he, they couldn't shoot him because Jake was blocking. He was clear and free. He could have took him out there, but whatever. Small picky point. Jake jumps over the balcony down to the first level and has a cool ass fight scene with the, the stick, the table legs. Yeah. Again, where he, you know, like oh. using, like using everything around him. That that's just loved it. Cool little scene. He grabs the guy's arm and, and snaps it down. He's using two sticks. He throws that one table leg up in the air and makes that big, like woo face to startle the guy into catching it and then wax him with the leg. Really cool. But the other guy is, is literally a mullet wearing a tuxedo. Like that waiter guy. <laughs> He has the, the biggest fucking mullet I've ever seen. And he's jacked. Like, he's a massive dude. And he's wearing, like, a skin-tight white tuxedo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> and this is where we get the the sort of one moment where I was like, ah, come on. Where Jake does that big seven-foot backflip. Yeah, he executes it well. But, yeah, he just has a wicked vertical here and just jumps over it. That's really <laughs> the only That's, really that's the, the only time. One. Yeah, where you're just like, oh, okay, all right. But then he shoots the guy with the gun, and then we have the fight with with Bruno, or Brunner, I should say, with Brunner, uh, where he, Brunner's just a tank of a man, the bodyguard. He is massive. Surprised Brandon Lee wasn't orbiting around him. Yeah, he's massive. (laughs) So he tries to beat him up, but to no avail. And then they end up uh, collapsing the upper balcony on top of him, which wouldn't have hurt him, by the way, because it only fell on one corner. And he was way yeah. back in the far corner that didn't yeah. collapse. Yeah. So it wouldn't hurt. But point taken, he's under the thing and it crushed him. And then Jake. I say, one thing I will say about the Gene LaBelle scene that I forgot to mention. It looked like in the middle of the restaurant, that machine gun was already resting there. 
by the way. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And, and Gene LaBelle <laughs> just runs over and pulls a blanket off it and it's there. And I'm like, is that in the fucking restaurant all the time? <laughs> like, and loaded? <laughs> yes, it's a coat rack normally. Because <laughs> he just runs the fuck over and just firing. <laughs> Like pulls out this 50 cal side helicopter machine gun. He doesn't even like <laughs> release any sort of safety. He just like rips <laughs> the sheet off and just Oh yeah. Some some, you know, angry drunk customer at three in the morning could solve a couple of solve a couple of bar confrontations with that. <laughs> Bobby, are you gonna make me get the fifty cal? I, it's, I only had two fucking rum and cokes all right uh so yeah they end up with jake getting serrano here and smashing him in the face one thing i liked about this is he punches him punches him and then elbows him and when serrano falls jake still has blood on his elbow i thought that yeah. was kind of cool nice little touch well, the thing that i thought was really fucking weird too is like now like everybody is dead and it's just serrano and jake and he's like Okay. Okay. I'll make you a deal. What I gave Stuart, you can have that. It's not good enough. That's 25 grand. What the fuck's the matter with you? Okay. All right. What do you want, huh? Hey, listen. Listen. I'll give you all kinds of money if you say it wasn't me that killed the guy. And it's like, okay, well, you just shot like 40 fucking cops. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. That yeah, you're not getting out of this. Like, like you literally <laughs> just shot all of the cops, and you killed like, one less guy. Okay, yeah, okay. Listen, Jake, uh, say it wasn't me. Yeah, I'll give you all kinds of money. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, it doesn't and there's fucking another, matter. There's another great Ryan line here too, where the the gunfight's going off, shit's flying everywhere, bullets are flying, cops are dying, and you hear Carla on the headphone to Jake or to uh to Mace <laughs> go Ryan Jake never came out I know god damn it what the fuck you want me to do about it <laughs> oh yeah I remember that it's so funny help him I guess <laughs> you started this shit motherfucker like Jesus <laughs> can you imagine like you know, Mace Ryan's like disciplinary hearing, like the first line's going to be, Oh my God. So you sent an art student into an armed <laughs> conflict. <laughs> so, oh, and one other thing I wanted to quickly touch on here was you mentioned the second wave. They're getting their asses kicked by the Gatling gun and Mace Ryan goes, second wave, second wave. And this truck pulls up. There's literally military hardware being fired off and they park in the middle of the street in the with the door the with the door facing towards the fucking weaponry <laughs> and all these guys pile out and immediately get shot like the fucking beach at D-Day. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Yeah, and then and I don't even know the worst cops. Because I think it was a mail truck. Like, it was not but yeah, they come right down. They do they do a little fucking brake burn. Stop <laughs> facing the fucking June LaBelle. And then they all get gunned down. And then the fucking truck explodes and goes fucking 10 feet in the air. 
like, yeah, that was wow. Useless not second since, wave. Not since Scatman Carruthers showed up in The Shining has, has a group of people been so useless. And the, one of the best things about this scene is that everything's over. Jake, out of everybody, walks out with Serrano yes. and drops him and goes to Mace. I heard they're looking for a police commissioner in Beirut. Yeah. <laughs> and fucking, fucking Mace, without cracking a smile, goes, what's your problem, kid? <laughs> I was like, what's your problem? Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> Oh, hang on. Let me get let me get my list of problems that I have with you, Mace Ryan. <laughs> oh my god. What's your problem? Dude? My problems with you, we might just be able to cram into the fucking Grand Canyon right now. Like, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> well, Mace Ryan's just like he's he's more upset about Jake's <laughs> attitude than all of his co-workers being murdered. What's your problem, kid? We lost 200 cops today. <laughs> why, why are you pissy? That's what's really, that's what's really chapping my ass. Your attitude, college boy. <laughs> so I was thinking here when I saw this and they put Serrano in the backseat of the, in the police car. And I'm like, if I was Serrano's lawyer, I would have him back on the street in an hour and a half. Oh, I'm yes. not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer, but I'd have him out. Knowing yeah. what I know about you, shithead. <laughs> uh, okay, so you uh, have him under arrest. Uh, uh, Mace. Mace. Uh, <laughs> you had uh, 400 officers uh, out and about. Uh, do you have one scrap of paperwork? Um, anything. Do you have like a warrant or even even... <laughs> Even like a note on a whiteboard that says, I'm going to go get Serrano. <laughs> yeah. Nope. 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 Got and nothing. nothing. All right. Got nothing. Okay. Got nothing. Just so we're clear. <laughs> I had a gut feeling that this was going to go down. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Serrano, you're, you're fucking free to go. Free to go. <laughs> okay. So we're into chapter four here. Withers, uh, we find out, has Jake's military file. So he goes with her to her place and they get it on. And then Mace raids the laundry while that happens. He finds nothing there. Serrano is murdered in his cell by Ming, which is one of Tao's boss fellas. And then Jake goes undercover at the laundry and finds the heroin in the sheets. But Ryan and Withers get captured. So here we have Withers walking away with Jake where he gives the, you know, she's like, you should come, you know, with me. And he's like, I think I've had enough of police protection. Thank you very much. Yeah, Yeah, I, I love I love Jake's attitude in this film. Jake's awesome. He's so good in this. He's like, you guys can all fuck yourselves like immediately right away. So they go to the apartment because she has Jake's dad's military file, which is what he's been wanting to see all along because his dad was killed and he wanted to know what happened. And then they end up having the uh, quite forced sex scene in the movie. But to be fair, whatever, man, I don't really care if I had a body like Brandon Lee again, I'd just be walking around in the fucking supermarket polishing apples on my abs for people and apologizing for how bruised they were on my fucking bumpy ass abs exactly <laughs> Sorry, I, I can't polish this my abs are too bumpy can you see <laughs> i i legitimately be walking around with you know like a like a speedo made of licorice just hanging out at <laughs> there is a scene there is a scene in the fucking sex scene where 
like they show Brandon Lee kind of get on top of her, but then yep. they show her on top and her pants being pulled pulled down. And I thought that was Brandon Lee's ass. And I was like, okay, this is like I thought it was Brandon <laughs> Lee. Bare ass. I was like, hey, wait a minute. Hey, I saw your abs already, Brandon Lee. I'm very impressed. I don't want to see your buns <laughs> of steel, motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's her ass. Okay. Oh, that's her. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So they do see Jake's military file. He's a little pissy about that. And they're kind of cutting back and forth here now because Mace has raided the laundry to try and find out where the heroin is that uh, Tommy has shipped in and is now going to distribute because he's obviously taking over what Serrano's thing was. We see the quick little cut here of Serrano being killed in his cell by Al mm. Leong, who is fucking awesome. Really Gets awesome. killed with a shuriken and two knives. And Mace doesn't find anything. He just finds the sheets at the laundry. So he's pissy pissed. And then Ryan, after this whole debacle, I guess the next morning, and like Jake is supposed to go back to LA in four, she, before she takes him to her apartment is like, you get flights in four hours. And that's why he's like, I don't need any more protection. Fuck off. But then she baits him with the, the dad's military record. And now it's like the next morning. He doesn't give a shit about going back now, I guess, because no. they got together. So they're there and Ryan shows up and she's like, what happened? And, oh, I went to the laundry and didn't find anything. And that fucking little piece of shit, Kinman, Tommy Towers. He's all angry because he, he's a shitty cop, basically, because he's a shitty cop. Yeah. But he's, you know, at least I didn't get the kid killed and he's happy about Jake because he likes Jake and. I, that's actually what I thought when he said, at least I didn't get the kid killed. I was like, yeah, fucking no thanks to you. Like yeah, you, yeah. you literally you tried nothing, to get that kid killed. You had nothing to do with that. <laughs> I remember the time, remember the time that I didn't know how to yield at the rotary. Right. <laughs> I just yeah. thought, I just thought I could fucking drive through. And I remember just going, whoa. And I remember all the cars like slamming on their brakes and swerving and blowing their horns. And, you know, I got out unscathed. But it had nothing to do with me. It was all the <laughs> driving of exactly. everybody that happened to be going through the rotary at that time. We're paying when attention. A, yeah, when a fucking teenager in a red Honda Civic hatchback just happened to <laughs> fucking come across the rotary for the first time in his life and just, whoa! <laughs> make way for Willie. And, you know, they all, it was all their doing. It had nothing to do with me. Yeah. Nothing. No thanks to Ryan that uh the jake low is still alive exactly so now they go they go to the bowling alley and this is where mace misses the bowling pin and shoots it in the middle of the chicago suburb mm. and we get withers and jake showing back up hey to the sax music which is a steady through this film is the kenny g like like the, yeah. there's always sax music in the background yeah weak it is kind of weak a little, little kenny g-ish so they show up and, hey, we're going to go help everybody get everything. So now Mace Ryan, again, puts Jake Lowe in a wire and sends him into the fucking laundry as an undercover agent because he's qualified to do that, apparently. He is not. But wasn't he dope not? How he, wasn't it dope how he put on his glasses just like his dad in uh, Chinese Connection? I yeah, love that. that was a really, really nice that nod. Really good. Really, yeah, really that good. That was very cool. He puts those on and I was like, oh, that's that's a cool nod. Yeah, like very, very few nice. people, unless you're into this kind of stuff, would, would get that. But that was awesome. And that the same really style cool. and everything. Really, very cool. Yeah. So he goes into the laundry. Uh, one little thing, a lot of steam. Glasses aren't fogging up. Just noticed that. Yeah. Good anti-fog. Nice little cameo here from Donald Lee. 
who is Eddie in Big Trouble in Little China. He's the guy that stops Brandon. Is like, hey, who you were from? Yes. Where are you? Right? Yeah. So he's inside and he figures out, holy shit, they're pumping the heroin into the sheets like starch. And that's where they're getting the, the heroin in the sheets. I don't even know if that shit would work. I don't care. It's a plot point. Works. Mm-hmm. I, one thing I saw here <laughs> that made me laugh was Jake pulls that hose off and you see the heroin kind of getting pumped a little bit. Yeah. So he puts it, puts it immediately back on. And then Jake touches it with his finger and puts it in his mouth. And he's like, oh, yes. I'm like, how does Jake Lowe know what the fuck heroin tastes like? <laughs> well, well, that was A. But but B, like, what if that was pure heroin? And he just passed the fuck out. Mm, that's real heroin, all right. And he's just laying there, passed the fuck out. You know, his shirt's probably ruffled and you can see the wire taped to his chest. <laughs> Hey. He's immediately busted. Hey, wait a minute. Hey. This is a trick. They're trapping <laughs> us. Hey. Don't ever fucking taste drugs. Don't like, do that. I don't I don't I don't I don't sell drugs, right? But if I did, if I did and I wanted to like take over a territory, I would just show up to places with like instead of drugs, I would have like fucking uh, arsenic and shit and i'd be like here you go and they'd be like oh yeah this better be good the pure stuff and they'd go and then oh, oh, oh. and i just scoop up their fucking wallets <laughs> i'll just take Leave. that thank you very much rive off in their lamborghinis what a bunch of assholes <laughs> like like i don't even just i don't even I don't even sniff things directly out of a test tube from like grade eight science class, no. right? You have, you have to waft that shit over, like, oh, never it's sniff like, directly. Fuck These all of that. Are always, they're always like rubbing it on their gums and shit, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> that could be poison. Yeah, thank you, no. Yeah, even if it's not poison, what if it's Drano or you know? Like, <laughs> right. You just rub that on your gums, smarty. Yeah. Now you go through life with a hole in your tongue. Hope you enjoy whistling. <laughs> <laughs> so we get outside now withers and ryan both get grabbed and pulled up to tommy's office upstairs in the laundry jake i guess hears that they're down or ends up seeing them and he ends up going upstairs and he sees them inside the office this is the last section here where jake rescues ryan and withers but ryan unfortunately here gets shot the laundry is on fire now they set it on fire jake fights a bunch of henchmen and finally fights kidman tommy tau he goes into the burning building, gets Ryan out, and they all leave in the ambulance end of movie. So here we get Jake going up, and he sees Withers and Mace Ryan getting interrogated. And we get a good little line here where Tommy is like, you know, there's little... What's happening with you? You're a good adversary, but you're getting very sloppy. Cut the bullshit, Tommy boy. You make it sound like we've been playing chess in the park for the last ten years. Hey, I'm a cop, and you're a piece of shit. That's the story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great line. And then Jake busts through the window and saves them. Real quick shot here of Gerald Okamura, who was the, the two guns guy from, from Big Trouble. Yeah, a lot of the, lot of the guys. Um, and then Mace ends up, ends up getting shot here, and Withers tries to help him. Ryan ends up going down and, and staying there, but Withers goes to try and help Jake. And now they're lighting the laundry on fire. This is a great fight scene in the film, like coming up. Oh my god! I really this is one of the this is one of the great ones. Yes, this whole section from here until he ends up fighting Tommy, where he goes downstairs 
And he's got this awesome little scene here fighting James Liu, who is here as one of the bad guys and another guy. So he's fighting these two dudes. And he's he's got this great scene where he's kicking these two guys. Or there's three of them, actually. And mm. he's got a great scene where the guy kicks and he grabs the kick high and then steps into him and throws him backwards. Awesome move. And then a really cool scene where the one guy pulls out the nunchucks and he just throws the rag at him to fuck him up and then kicks him. <laughs> Very yeah. Indiana Jones. Then he's got the little uh, coat rack thing coat rack. that he that he spins around and then, you know, tips it over and hooks Buddy's ankles and pulls his feet out from under him. Like sweeps you know, James Liu's feet out from underneath him. It, I, so yeah. great. I really, really enjoyed this whole fight scene, which, again, looks like, you know, like a stage that they built specifically for it. But uh, really, really likes it. I really, really oh. liked it. It's awesome. So he beats those guys. He goes to leave, but then the the music changes and Min comes down. Al Leong comes down as the boss. And you're like, oh, okay. Everybody knows at that point, like, okay, this guy's the shit. This is going to be a good fight. But I mean, that's, that's the thing. At that moment, we had shown this to Mike Legere, right? Because we loved mm-hmm. it. And we're like, Legere, watch this. And then Brandon Lee... <laughs> runs to the steps he's standing at the top of the steps and the music changes and then you know jake's whole demeanor changes and then legere looks over he goes see how does brandon lee know that guy's whoop as in like (laughs) how does he know that that guy's like whoop ass right (laughs) as you know that guy's whoop yeah in the 80s legere abbreviated all words right because you know it was beneath (laughs) him to say a whole word so how does he know that he's whoop and uh they have a, a fair, really good fair point. It is a fair point, but they do have a really good fight scene here. Really this good. This is a great fight scene. There's a, it's 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 so well timed and well thought out because they they sort of start off and Brandon comes in, but Al Leong does that like low kick that stuffs his leg and then hits him. Mm. And Brandon, the way Brandon staggers back after being hit and like shakes his leg, like fuck, okay, ow, yeah. shit, like it, you really feel like fuck that hurt. Yeah, and he you can tell it, it hit him. Yeah, he sells it really well. Like, God damn it. And then he sets him up again, and Al Leung fucks him up again and knocks him down. And then when Brandon Lee gets up this time, he he does that right-hand lead where he puts his hand out like the big brother on the forehead mm. and and does, and you know, Al Leung swipes it away, and then he does it again. And you, he's range-finding, right? Al Leung swipes it away, and then he hits him with that lead right hook. Yeah, he holds it out there. He holds it out there. And it looks like they're making some decent contact on that. Like, yeah. When- when he does, it's like smack. And of course there's a sound effect in there, but it really looks like they're, they're making some nice contact. You know, I, I really appreciated the way that they set that up. I was like, okay, this is good. Yeah. And like you said, range finding and then uh, fires it in. And then he does that cool little move on the chain link fence, which was, you know, just awesome. Really cool. When Al, yeah, Elion grabs him in a head standing head and arm choke and gets him against the fence and tries to put his face in the fire. And then they have that cool little fight on the ground where Al Leong kind of body locks him and then goes to the ground and sweeps Brandon Lee's legs out and then a big punch and then a kick on the table. And then that cool wraparound thing on the chain link, which was the shit. I always, yeah. From, from 92. I remember that scene of like, God damn, that was awesome. When he just rolled. Oh, off. I know you remember that scene because I remember you and I were hanging out at that French school one night and you were shooting hoops. <laughs> I was trying to do that move on the fucking basketball <laughs> chain fence. It's harder than it looks. It's really hard. It's, it's really harder hard. than it looks. <laughs> I was like so, thirty-five pounds lighter, and I couldn't do it. Like, <laughs> you were just, you were just like, ah, I'm just shooting hoops, and I'm like, I'm gonna get that Brandon Lee move down on this chain link fence. Like, yeah, you, you have a good time with that. <laughs> yeah, my fingers were swollen up like fucking cheddar Smokies by the end of the night. <laughs> yeah, you forget that those are only like so big, and when you rotate, 
your fingers get caught <laughs> oh, yeah. if you don't let go quick. Oh, yeah. So they end up, I don't know where that cool-ass double-bladed knife came from. That was just laying on the floor haphazardly, but they end up doing that little knife fight, and Brandon stabs him, and that's a wrap on Min. Yeah. But awesome, yeah. awesome fight scene. Really, really good. Brandon leaves, and he ends up jumping out off the roof and finding Tommy at the train stop on the far side there, and they have their little, <laughs> there's a cool little line there where Tommy's there with his knife, this throwing knife, and Brandon's there, and he steps out and goes, Who the fuck are you? This real quick line, like, (laughs) really out of character. So they have a good little fight. Now, Tommy kicks Brandon down onto the tracks here. And there's two times in this fight where this shit would have been over. Because he falls down on this tracks and they pick up this fucking steel pipe with the hook on the end. And he smashes Brandon in the the leg that he got stabbed in. And yes. then clubs him in the head, like the back of the fucking head. Yes. That would have been the fight over, over, over yeah. and done, son. You're right. That's a wrap. That, that, that ends things quickly. I mean, you know, <laughs> I got I got hit in the orbital with a softball once, right? <laughs> and, and that almost killed me because oh my God. <laughs> I fell, because I, I happened to be riding at my bike at the time, right? And, you know. <laughs> You know, you're just you're just fucking ragdolling down on the asphalt. So I can't even imagine. But I don't know anything about trains. But what were those metal poles with hooks? Do they just lay those on train tracks? Are they part of like train work, or did they just happen know, to be I, there? Fucking CN Rail fucking inspector. I don't know what the hell they are. No, but I'm looking at that. <laughs> those poles because as soon as i saw like he picks up one then brandon lee picks up one and i'm like oh fuck there's an abundance of poles stack of hooked poles reminded me remember when you and i went and saw the transporter and oh yeah and uh, jason statham gets on the bus and like 50 guys (laughs) get on and and they all just reach under the seats and they all have like lengths of fucking metal pipes and i'm like jesus christ luke basson watched this and was like oh i'm gonna (laughs) you're gonna make this fucking great someday i'm gonna fucking i'm not gonna do it with two pipes i'm gonna do it with like 60 and any uh, 50 of you motherfuckers come down here and give me yeah any any 50 pipes i'll just fucking have i I don't know what those were but i mean obviously it was a a nice throwback to the the, to the beginning where he you know had the stick fight you know now he's got it and you're like oh shit that's dangerous for Brandon Lee. So they, they I, again, it's it's old school script writing with setups and payoffs. They did it really, really well. And then they did, you know, he gets fucking electrocuted and hit by a fucking train. <laughs> Which again, yeah, very quickly. There's that other one time where Tommy smashes Jake in the face with the hook part. <laughs> Oh, which would have immediately finished him and broke his nose and face apart. <laughs> yes. But it didn't. Brandon Lee has yeah. not a scratch on his beautiful face at the end of this movie. Well, and he got smashed in the... Imagine if I took a Louisville Slugger aluminum bat and hit you across the nose with it. Hard. Yes. <laughs> You'd have a mark. Yeah, but <laughs> <You'd>... <laughs> they clearly show at the beginning how badly he can fuck guys up with a wooden stick. Right? <laughs> right. <Yeah>. right? <laughs> Just like, hey, here's a guy that's really good at getting hit with a stick, and he hits him with a stick and knocks him out. And then he's like, ah, oh, now I got a metal stick with a big fucking blunt hook on the end. And he jabs it right in his face. And I swear to God, like, a normal person would definitely have died from that. Oh, my God. Immediately. 
then it would kill his dog too. Like, it would <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna kill you and your mother and your girlfriend from high school <laughs> yeah he, he he cracked him in the face and that would have yeah, oh you're right ended that fight ended that but anyway he gets electrocuted like you said and then a cool little scene here where he gets electrocuted and then stops and gets up and there's a quick cut where no sound happens and they cut to the mannequin shot getting hit by the train yes because it's shot from behind so you don't see the mannequin face or whatever you just see yes the hands up and like, ah, <laughs> but it's yeah. a good little shot. And then they, uh, go back to the laundry and you have the whole Jake. Oh, I had never rescued my dad, but I'm going to rescue Mace Ryan and the fire Jake. Meh. And he goes and gets Mace Ryan out of the fire, which, okay. Let me just say this very quickly about the fire. Remember, this is a laundry that's distributing tons of heroin and it's on fire. That smoke would have gotten the whole neighborhood high as shit. Everybody yeah. would be ODing right now. Oh, <laughs> Everybody. You're, well, you're <laughs> right. There's something that you, you just mentioned that I, that I forgot. Okay. So this is a huge heroin operation, right? Massive huge. heroin operation. Huge. Yep. Anyway, Tommy decides he's going to fuck off. He opens up a safe <laughs> and takes all of his money, and it all fits in one briefcase. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> do you know how much fucking money? Like, like they, they kind of make it like, oh, this is my life's fucking work in this briefcase. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I watched Breaking Bad, and Walter White had been dealing meth for like three months and had a pallet of money that he didn't know we right? had. Right? <laughs> Tommy has this one fucking briefcase. Oh, I'd better get that. You know how much fucking money this guy would have, but he's like, oh, I better get this little briefcase full of money out of, yeah. out of all of my out of all of my drug work that I've done. It's just he, like what the fuck. He, by the movie's own lineage, has been working with Serrano for twenty years. Yeah, yeah. and he's got one briefcase of money. If that this is, is my case, most important I'm, thing. Tommy is a shit drug dealer. Like I would <laughs> like in in the real world, like Tommy would have turned on the news and saw the cops shooting Serrano's <laughs> restaurant all the shit. Yes. And Tommy would have been like, "Oh, time to get the fuck out of town." Right? <laughs> yeah. Tommy would right? Nowhere near that because he's like, "Well, Serrano <laughs> certainly knows where my operation is and yeah. he just went to jail. Uh, there's a good chance the cops are going to raid this place. He would have taken that little briefcase of money out hours before this and oh, fucked yeah. up. And been back to the non-extradition country of Thailand, where he was initially. Yeah. Like, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Well, actually, the dumbest a guy in the world of American money would go very far in Thailand. That's a good point. Yeah. So if he did that, you know, the day before, yeah, would have exactly. been would have been all right. <laughs> yeah. So he goes back to the overdosing neighborhood. Sorry, yeah, Jake goes back to the overdosing neighborhood and gets Mace Riot out, and they get in the ambulance, and hooray, everybody's off to the strains of the guitar of Hardlines. I'll be there, and a movie. It's a fucking great movie. movie. Actually, one quick little thing I want to point out here that's awesome is if you look at the credits, actually, if you Google rapid fire and cast, everybody's there. And at the very end, the ambulance driver is credited as comedian Russell Peters. And I was like, Russell fucking Peters is in this movie, like in a little bit role when he was just starting out. That's awesome. So then I watched the movie and I'm at the end and I watched it and I had totally forgotten about it. 
and I was watching the credits and I was like, wait a minute, Russell, Russell Peters, Peters was, was supposed to be yeah. the ambulance driver. And I go back and he's not. And then I watch the credits and the ambulance driver is credited. It's a guy named Peter Russell. Oh no. <laughs> so they fucked it up. They actually have a picture of Russell Peters, the comic. If you Google the credits, Russell Peters is there as the ambulance driver. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, they fucked that up. But they fucked that up hard. Overall, this is a fantastic movie. I loved it. I loved going back to it. It's hilarious how bad the police work is in this film, but it's police hysterical. work was horrible in all of the, you know, 80s and early 90s films. But it's so great how Jake Lowe was way better off as a person beforehand. Like when he was just like, I don't give a shit about you. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever, man, whatever. I I don't really care about anything or put my neck out. And then they're like, yeah, Jake, you got to stand up for something. And he does, but he stands up for the worst shit. Like he's he's (laughs) working for Mace Ryan. Like doing illegal, <laughs> dangerous things, and you know it's just it's just funny how like this is portrayed as good when they're doing so many illegal things, but it just it's just awesome. Yeah, Jake Lowe just found the wrong mentor for his for his stand upness. <laughs> but yeah, this movie's awesome. I love this movie. You know, Roger Ebert got this wrong. If you're a martial arts movie fan, this movie's the shit. Roger Ebert can fuck himself. I know he's not alive anymore, but. I, I don't think he I don't think he gets it. I don't think he gets it at all. No. Roger Ebert does not get martial arts films. He famously didn't get comedies. He shit all over Ace Ventura. That's a funny movie, man. Like, if you're a, a hoity-toity, you know, movie critic, you're going to criticize shit like the shit that we make fun of in this movie will be negative points. They're not negative points to you and I and other martial arts movie fans. Like, they're funny. They add to the movie. The overacting by by Powers Booth here is fucking awesome that's what you're supposed to do with that role right so i'm I'm all in for this movie it's the shit i'm all in for it too so yeah let's break down our categories categories let's do soundtrack first soundtrack was kind of weak to be honest Soundtrack is the worst thing about this movie yeah do you remember in the 80s when i had a show on cable access television where i did magic tricks I do remember that. Yes. yes. <laughs> I remember the floating silver ball. Yeah. E- embarrassing time where I w- had a show on TV as a magician. You were a big fan of the, uh, the silk, the silk button ups. Yes, I, I, I was, but <laughs> that aside, let's not get into too many details. I'm not one to talk to I had them too. <laughs> the point of the story is not the little girl. The point of the story is they robbed a bank with a fucking cell phone. Um, <laughs> when I worked at that TV station, uh, we had a sleeve of CDs of music that we were approved to use. Right. And it was like, you know, synthesizer and anyway, when I listened to the soundtrack to this film, that's what it sounded like to me. Right. Yeah. Like very, very boring, very uninspired, very understated, very just junky, generic music. And yeah. I think that it is hands down the weakest part of this film. It is the uh, the one exception to that that I will kind of single out is the band Hardline that does the song at the end with the that's over the credits. Yeah, there's a song called "I'll Be There." They have an album called Double Eclipse. They're still making music now and and doing stuff. I found myself catching like humming that after the movie. The guitar in yeah. it was kind of good, but the generic saxophone filler bullshit I didn't like that. So out of five fists, honestly, for the soundtrack, 
like two, two and a half for me. I'm giving it a one. I'm giving it a one. I'm giving right, it the going low on this ever. I and and I'm not even doing one it to fist. shit on the movie, right? I'm giving it one fist because I I just think it was just really generic. I don't think it matched the tone of the movie, and yeah. I don't think that they created anything for it. I I would not be surprised if it was just a, a, a bunch of sound beds from the same CDs that they had at the cable access station. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah. Just the soundtrack just didn't do anything for me at all. Yeah. All right. So low marks for soundtrack acting. I got to go high marks for acting, to be honest, because yeah, I, I like Brandon Lee's awesome. Powers Booth overacts his ass off and he's the shit. Serrano for all of his, you know, racist Chinese, racist Italian overdoing yeah. it yeah. is the shit. Yeah. He's fucking yeah. awesome. Yep. With uh, Withers, Withers is awesome. She's really good. Kate Hodge, she's a great actress. You know, there's yeah. there's no weak points where I was like, ah, come on, really. She held up really well. So everybody was great. I'd give this of like four and a half, five out of five for acting. Uh, I give it a four four fifths out of there, and I I credit yeah, most of it fists. to Brandon Lee. I give it four fifths uh, out yep. of five. I thought uh, I really liked I really liked the way he played Jake Lowe. I really liked how he you know, had a really commanding presence. I like how he worked his attitude kind of into his martial arts. The way that he kind of was as a person was also the way he kind of fought. Yep. Very, very, very practical, very no nonsense. So I have to give the acting four fists out of five. Nice. I would go, yeah, I'd say four, four and a half fists out of five for acting. Martial arts. I'm high on martial arts. It's, yeah. it's four and a half for me at least. For martial arts, four yeah. and a half fists out of five for martial arts because it's awesome, innovative, original, fits Brandon Lee. The sidekicks, the henchmen who he has to fight are all great. And like we mentioned the other day, when stuntmen do their jobs well and they know what they're doing, it really, really shows in the fight scenes. It, it really does. I'm going four and a half fists out of five on this one. Um, basically, the highest I think we've given or I've given was Way of the Dragon. Yeah. I gave it as as a five yeah because you've got bruce lee and chuck norris you you have yeah. to go five you you're not beating that six if you can uh so i'm yeah, gonna give this right? four and a half probably not the greatest martial arts film that i've ever seen but some of the most ingenious and fun and practical ways that is just baked right into the story really really liked it and it it serves the movie well yeah yeah, and they they do they tie it in with the the storyline too, where you, you get the the cops at that one point like, oh, this kid Jake, yeah, his dad taught taught martial arts at the army once a year. You know, what yeah, is it, karate, John. something, Muay Thai? Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Muay Thai, Muay Thai. So they tie it in with that. So they Jake has a history there of martial arts with his dad in the movie. So it's great. It really works out well. Four and a half high marks. This movie does pass. The brother revenge test. There are no, there is no brother. He's not getting revenge. He's just out to save his own life. So, hundred nice. percent passes the brother revenge test, and that's a wrap yeah. on rapid fire. Thank you for introducing this movie to me many many years ago, and thank you for suggesting it to do a revisit for the podcast. Yes, sir. I am actually indebted to you for our next movie. Our next movie coming up next week is the Indonesian. 2011 film the raid 
Oh, excited for that one? On the raid, yes. Yeah, I remember I called you, and I, I, I think I was only like twenty minutes into the movie, and I paused it to <laughs> call you. Yeah, I remember you calling me, and be like, dude. Hey, have you ever seen the fucking raid yet? Because I'm 20 minutes in and I can't believe I shit myself twice. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, we used to do that all the time. Jim. The one call I will never forget is I was in my living room and I was watching Seinfeld and it was the one where Kramer was having the seizure every oh, time he heard Mary Hart's Mary voice. Hart. Yes. Do you remember that? And I was dying laughing. And then my phone rings and I picked it up and it was just you laughing your balls off going, are you watching this? And I said, yeah. And then we both just hung up and went back to laughing. And my dad was, my dad was in the room and he was like, who the hell was that? And I was like, it's Chad. It's Chad. And we just, we were both crying laughing. Yeah. We would do that all the time. I think both of our dads think that we are assholes because. A hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. I remember my dad was home one day and he was, you know, like off in his little office area on the phone and uh, we were watching the Simpsons. And then Moe's like, listen, you, but if I find you, I'm going to stick a sausage down your throat, shove starving dogs in your butt. And you and I just started laughing and we were screaming. The old man comes flying out of the back room. Like, what? oh, he was going to fucking beat our asses. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my god that's so funny all, all right so yes the raid yes i will gladly watch that again next week 2011 the raid on you have offended this podcast